Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about our boys. See, that season, oh, damn it, I did it in the final episode. Episode 10 is the final episode of the miniseries. It is chapter 10, A Shaft Into a Dark Tunnel. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. And we get sentencing, we get the sort of the Avishay on, on stand actually being, um, you know, uh, given his testimony and, and all that and it, we get some emotional beats we get some wrap up to some different characters it does the th it was actually very similar to the end of Chernobyl at the end where, where you know mm -hmm. obviously a lot of true stories do the here's what really happened with these characters next thing but the way right. it was even like the, the, the boxes with the text it felt really Chernobyl like, it was almost like it was the same format of how they yeah they did it. it it was good to see some of the footage though that of the real people versus what we saw and yeah. in the show and how accurate that was yeah yosef especially i thought really yeah like see, seeing him actually do the i'm the messiah i'm crazy thing like yeah. i was like whoa okay he actually is coming across exactly like that um mm -hmm. but no <laughs> it was full of good beats um obviously has some emotional sort of endings for the characters not necessarily in super fulfilling ways because life is kind of unfulfilling and even our poor man simon uh i mean we'll start with him like obviously he gets his, his wall sprayed but he's basically mm -hmm. told by his superior that he's going to have to go quiet for a couple of years because of all this attention uh maybe right. a, maybe a posting uh in another country where you can you know act as a sort of uh not a diplomat, but like I think a, he said America. Even he said New York. Yeah, was, 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 oh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was specifically New York Airport. I think it was to do with uh, JFK Airport. Yeah. yeah. So um, he doesn't want to go. He isn't. He isn't. He's like, what? No, you're talking about. I did my job. I did it well. And here it is. Well, yeah, but you still lose. <laughs> you still still lose yeah. in the scenario. I I think the last couple of episodes have really put that on display too. Like you can't. Nobody likes you here anymore because of who you are, what you had to mm. do, even though it was the right thing. Yeah, and I, you know, because we see him snap, we see him, you know, when he's he's packing up and leaving his apartment. Uh, you know, the 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 one the guy who was the informant is like yelling stuff at him. Like, oh, this is Simon. He he works for the Shabak and he hunts Jews and yeah. like, all these things. And it's when it's actually the the moment he snaps is when he starts like yelling things at his mother. That's that's the moment where he just like, no, I'm not doing this. And yeah. he goes up and you know just breaks the guy's arm. It's you know really it's intense. so interesting because he's been so cool this whole show. Like and seeing him snap like that was, uh, yeah, you're right because of his mother, and also it's just a lot more effective because we know that he's somebody who can remain calm in the worst situations. I think it's another example of just um, like how this system and the situation they're all in, like even he can be broken to some extent. Even yeah. he doesn't come out unscathed, even though he has been so calm and he has been so uh, forward thinking with how he approaches everything. Even he, mm -hmm. you know, goes through these beats. And it is worth mentioning he does go to the trial. He goes for the, uh, you know, the verdict. Um, he's the first one there. We have this scene where he walks in and he's like, there's no one in the room. That's right. And he's just there, and it, you know that fades to it being full. And said, so, "No, he was here first. He wasn't. He didn't just go in randomly." Because that's what I thought at first. I was like, "Why is he here? What's going on? There's no one there." And it just fades, and it's like, "Oh no, he was just there first. Uh, they yeah. crack it on." So, um, yeah, not hiding if, anymore. Yeah, not hiding. Yeah, he's the uh, Is he ten? I mean, I guess he's still kind of employed, but he's not active anymore. I guess right now. Yeah. But um, it's not like they know who he is, though. I mean, Avishi knows who he is, but. Like, it's not like anyone else in the court knows that's who was behind the curtain get given a testimony. I mean, maybe it's there. there's footage of him now and people seem to know who he is. 
True. Because of all the spray painting and stuff. It's still more risky for him to go out there. Yeah, but he cares. He's invested. And he, he yeah. needs to know where this is going. And, you know, and we have to talk about the actual court stuff. We have to talk about Avishé, you know, building up. He doesn't even go to court the first day when uh, we're, get, we're getting the other uh, the others being uh, on the stand. And we hear some opposing opinions. We hear, you know, the two different lawyers who are both for the defence, but obviously one's for uh, Yosef and one's for Avishé. Uh, like them kind of almost like coming to not blows but like arguing on you know on court uh, about how one defense is kind of like hurting the other one and mm-hmm. asking Yosef to like admit certain things or talk about and uh, the big thing though is um as the therapist the American therapist they brought in to that and I, there were so many little beats in this that I loved uh particularly when uh Seagal's at the back of the room and he start he basically flat out says no she misdiagnosed them uh, maybe because she's, there's a lot of pressure because uh the jewish community here like like oh if she gives one a bad diagnosis like you know they'll all like boycott her he's basically just like trying to trash her credibility completely yeah on the stand um and i like the argument though because when the prosecution gets up he's like um well you know we have we have it confirmed here that he said to avishi uh, stay in the car you know what, what this will give you nightmares like does this empathy line up with what you're describing this psychotic individual who can't control his actions does empathy for the other people uh, does that really is it and he gives this really kind of non-committal he's like well it's it's not lately but it's possible like so you met it's yeah. not lately kind of thing <laughs> um yeah that was bs yeah, to to the point where he even says, "How much are you being paid for this testimony?" <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. And even though you know everything has to be translated for the American to understand what he's saying, it's still it's so well delivered. They're just like, "Oh, I bet that hurt." <laughs> yeah, everyone's wearing earpieces. Uh, Sue has not like uh, uh, Hussein's translating for her occasionally, but like, everyone else is wearing these earpieces and they're getting the the Hebrew uh, uh, pumped into their ears. So no, like that that was good, but obviously the big stuff really comes from Avishay's um time on the stand. Uh when he goes up yeah. and we we see that he's been practicing, he's been writing down everything he wants to get across, he's got pages and pages. Um the prison guards even been kinda nice to him and try to like sort of you know, oh why didn't you go to well, court? Well he's not even taking time to go out into the I guess the yard. Like yeah. play area. For <laughs> <The play laughs> prisoners. <laughs> he's not even going out until he stretches legs like he's just so focused on getting getting this right getting it done and making sure that you know he's that he does it right he only has one chance and this is his mm. life you know yeah um so no really really cool stuff and it gets really good because he's he's on the stand and it's the the defense is questioning him and he's like asking these questions about who he is like and it's funny, I think Avishay, we've, we've, we've been in a really funny place with him, I think, as a character, because he is inherently more sympathetic than the others, uh, the other, you know, culprits, but yeah, I think this, that even before we get to the prosecution, which really kind of, like, kind of hurts him in our eyes, I think, because uh, he brings up some great points, but um, even the defense, I started to feel like I was, wasn't sympathizing with him anymore, because it felt like when he starts talking about, you have to remember, I'm so young, you have to remember, like, like it just, it all You're felt right. like it, excuses. It felt like it was rehearsed, and yeah, like things that, you, you know, please empathize with me, please, please, instead of, yeah, they sounded like talking points rather than being genuine, but he does have a really genuine moment where he breaks down, and I think you could see from Hussein and Suha, like their reactions, they can't help but get 
is slightly empathetic too. The, the, I mean, he's like the same age as as Muhammad almost, you know? The performance there is great. I, I wouldn't necessarily describe it though as them becoming empathetic. I'd describe it more as... Because what I like about the way this, this scene is filmed is when he turns to them, you know, breaking down, and he, and he looks almost silly because this is like how much he's bawling up in his face. And, and he just says, I'm sorry, while looking at them. As soon as it cuts to them, it never cuts back to Avishi. It stays in them for the rest of the scene. It just stays in that shot looking at them. As we, we keep hearing Avishi say things, but yeah. we, we never cut back to him. We just stay in Hussein and Sua. And I think for them, this is the first time someone's actually apologized or someone like, and it's not so much that, you know, you could question like how genuine this is. And I do think Avishi regrets it. I don't know if he regrets it because he actually cares that he killed someone or he regrets it because of the situation he's in now. I think that's a debate for like, you know, a whole other discussion. But I think this is the first time that someone from anywhere, instead of like talking about how tragic it is and talking about how much of a martyr your son is now and using it for political gain, this is the first time someone, culprit or not, has just looked him in the eye and said, I'm sorry. And you can see like that they're, they're having a hard time taking it. No one's been this honest with them. It feels like this is a yeah. moment of honesty that they can't... Um, and I don't think they know how to process it. I don't think they know, like, because yeah, see... I, I do think it's at least you know what's been shown in in the TV series, or this is a genuine moment of him realizing that he could have done something, and he didn't. He he let things get out of hand, and he could have done something, and he's he's apologizing directly to them. Yeah, um, and we see even afterwards though that Hussein and Sue are still like, no, we still want him him you know convict yeah. the murder. Like we this is not a. You know, this moment aside, it doesn't matter. Like we still want them, and there's a whole, there's a running theme throughout the episode as well. Uh, the culprits of the original kidnapping, uh, their homes were burned down, and Hussein keeps asking, like, you know, can we burn down the homes of these culprits uh, who who murdered uh, Muhammad? And it kind of, yeah, it's, I think it's some kind of law that they have that mm. they, because the lawyer says you have a right to that. It's just deterrent, but no one seems to be enforcing it very much when it comes to him, and. Uh, we get to the point where the, the, the prosecutor says, hey, like, you know, no one feels the need to do it when it's a Jewish culprit because the deterrence for, for ours because they actually do this kind of thing. Um, everyone in the Jewish community is already, and it's just, you know, into, you know Hussein's looking at him right now and says, you realize how racist this is right now. You're, you're saying that this is a deterrent that Arabs need, but Jewish people don't. And he's like, I'm just stating the facts. This is how it is. And it's this kind of thing where despite the fact that you've kind of wanted to believe that he is on their side and you've wanted to believe that he is kind of fighting for them, this actually kind of feels like, no, to a point, even, even no matter how sort of he's come across to this point, there is institutionalized racism that is just rampant throughout here. That even in this situation, oh, yeah. they can't escape it. Even in this situation, yeah. it's like, no, this is what it is. Um, so, so even though, you know, later on when they do get convicted uh, and it's like, here's, here's, you know, here's the verdict, even though he does shake his hand and he's like, you promised that you would get them, you know, get, get you know, get, get them caught for this. Uh, it still kind of has this bittersweet tinge of like, but I know who you are now, and I can't fully put my faith in you, and I can't trust you, even though you you did keep your word, you you kept your word on this one thing, but that's it. Like, there's nothing more to it than that. Um, yeah. So, but we have to talk about the even more impressive part of Avisha's, you know, testimony. I think is when he's being uh, cross-examined by the prosecutor and. He he's like, hey, like you said that you didn't intend, didn't know what the intention was at the start. You know what? I don't want to even talk about that. I want to talk about 
And this, uh, at least in the subtitles, this was how it was phrased. Like, let's talk about your 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 finest moment. I think was the way you phrased it. Uh, when you <laughs> yeah. actually said, "Don't kill him." When you you actually yelled out, "Do not kill him." And he he's like, so you know, so you said this, and it's like, okay, right. So how 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 long was it? You know, between when you fi- when you realized that they were going to kill him to when it happened. Like how he's, he's like seconds. It felt like seconds. And he gets out a map. And he talks about how long it took to go and find him and then to drive to this location and then the actual 15 minute period of actually knowing that he was going to die. And he's like, does it still feel like seconds? You tell me you couldn't do anything, but you tell me you couldn't, uh, you know, st- stop strangling him. Because you know, he keeps, in, in, you know, reminding everyone that he was helping hold uh, him down, hold, hold Muhammad down. He was helping strangle him when, when uh, Yunnan got tired. Like, you couldn't have just not strangled him. You couldn't have just tried to stop Yunnan. You couldn't have maybe even, as, as a more extreme example, throwing yourself in front of uh, Muhammad when they were going to burn him. Like, you know, like, you couldn't have done any of these things. There's lots of things you could have done and you did nothing. And it's in that moment... Every bit of empathy that he got from that 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 room, the previous day, yeah. or earlier in the same day, uh, is just completely shattered. And it's like, no, everyone's looking at him now. Like, no, you you're trying to play the card here where you didn't want it to happen, but you did nothing to actually prevent it, and it hurts. And what I love about it from the performance it, is. Uh, on Avisha's face is you see the tear go down his face because I think for the first time he's realizing that as much as he's tried to try and convince himself and I, I think he, he I think he agrees with him I, I think he actually agrees with him in this scene he's yeah he's I think this is the first time where he had to admit that he he murdered someone yeah so no, these scenes are, are phenomenal I, I think the 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 raw performance uh from the actor playing Avishi and just this moment of realization where i think he finally gets that no he is a culprit here he, he can't just sh- yeah. shake this off um yeah it's it's well done because he uses the prosecutor uses the the one line that Avishi has been holding on to like i said don't kill him he's been trying to say that to his um to Yinan the whole time as well like this is remember when I said it I said don't kill him and that's like the one thing he's holding on to that makes him not a murderer and then the prosecutor just uses it against him yeah yeah he hurts extra hard and honestly I think it, it does come off in this scene where we're like yeah we, we you're guilty of this you, you you're you're not deserving of getting a pass because because of anything because you were nervous like and because you were influenced because you were young like yeah I, we get it. We were all in that position before where we're young and it, th- people can influence us, but ultimately you have to take personal responsibility for something like this. Yeah. There's no getting out of it. Yeah, and obviously we have several scenes where Ben David's with his family, and we should mention the scene where he actually goes, even though he was re- refusing before, he goes to see Yosef. And, the rabbi, yeah. And asks him, hey, like, I know you have, yeah, have problems, I know you're ill, but you're damaging your nephews here so can you take responsibility and i think what i loved about this is he also he also says you know basically i love you you're still my son and i i just want you to do this don't put your other family's lives in jeopardy here like i i know you've been trying to um prove yourself to me and you don't need to. I love you. I'll, like that's a really emotional speech from him, yeah. from his father, who but, we know that. Yeah, uh, Yosef has been like trying to get the attention of his father. It's probably one of the reasons why he's in the position he's in is because he 
just didn't get the love he needed. Well, I mean, what I love about it though is that the second, because um, because he asks them, "Hey, do this for 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 Avishai. Do this for them. Do 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 it so that they they don't get this this yeah. this harsh punishment." Where maybe do it for me. Yeah, and he just keeps playing. He's like. He's, he's like repent and and he's like repent for what and he just goes down the path of is playing the crazy card and ben yeah. david just doesn't entertain it he just hangs up the phone and just walks out and it's yeah. almost like he never looks back it's like no okay i give him right. his chance to be a better person i give him his chance for redemption and he's he's taking the coward's mm. way out um and of course the end result is that he is just like because he he doesn't get the insanity plea he doesn't get that <laughs> like all three of them are are screwed as we learn at the end i mean avishi gets a later sense but yeah it's, it's, it's still pretty hefty you know it's 21 years <sighs> versus you know life and life plus more years mm. that the yosef got um so now i really like that scene there was a bunch of scenes because even because there's a scene where uh they're not supposed to be doing this but uh they've got a phone listening to like the verdict been given out and ben david and the family uh are around the table and i like that the earlier scene like avishi's parents even like bring up your son is like ruining our son's life like like so you know he, he does feel the pressure from the rest of them but they listen to the verdict they, they hear like the explanation and it almost sounds like the, the judge is going to kind of go lighter on avishi but he's like no it doesn't matter he still aided in this he still held him down he was still there he's still being convicted of this um and it's this big thing it's, it's this big moment um and you know Simon leaves. Like Simon, he was the first there, but he's also one of the first to leave. You know, he he makes a beeline for the door. Like once it's over, um, and it's like, you know, do, do, does he? And it's, I think it leaves us with this question: where I think for a while we were on Simon's side. Like, does Avishai deserve to have that? You know, the same strict punishment they all to do. And I think Simon leaves in doubt, and I think so do we, um, to a point. Yeah. So. Um, I think so. I, especially after the recreation scene, I think that's where everybody kind of turned on, on Avishai. Yeah. It's just like, help me choke him because my hands are getting tired. <laughs> and you, you did hit him first and you did drag him into the car first. And I mean, so, so much of this is on Avishai's shoulders, whether or not he's considered yeah, a minor. And, and I think when you look at it, like this show in a lot of ways is, um, you look at all the all the conversation we've had about the Jewish community wanting to like not you know really prosecute it, the idea of Ben David and people turn against Simon. So much of this this show is about not taking responsibility, and I think Avishai yeah. is kind of a conduit for that in terms of the story, where it's like no, he is the ultimate example here of not someone not taking responsibility. You know, is the state not taking responsibility for what it's inspiring in its people? Is the state not taking responsibility yeah. for the radical ideas that are maybe going around in certain communities? Yeah, I mean, even the first couple episodes we watched, there were so many people who were just justifying revenge, and it didn't make any sense. But like, there are people in high up places and government officials, and you're just like, really? <laughs> and it's all in the name of something that they could justify, and it's mm -hmm. not, uh, you know, it's cruelty is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Always, sum it so. up. Yeah. Um, and we have some other little plot threads that are going throughout. Um, Suha is talking mm. to uh, Toto, uh, and we actually end up in Turkey at the end of the episode where uh, Hussein's making a speech um, about Muhammad. And interestingly, Suha like goes to a meeting place and sees Toto, you know, out in the, you know, out of the edge of the, the the dock or whatever it is. And uh, she makes the choice not to go down and speak to her. She she just leaves and goes goes to goes to meet Hussein. Um, and you know. 
Hussein's kind of a really kind of likable guy in the sense that, like, you know, when he's like insisting, no, I'm waiting on my wife. We're not starting this until my wife's here. And he looks like nervous, yeah. like maybe she won't appear. And she does appear, of course. But um, mm -hmm. for me, this decision from Suha was like, she's making the choice to finally start moving on uh, and not obsess yeah. about what her son was. Even though like, you understand why she'd want to know who her son was involved with, but she she is making the choice here to just move, move on, maybe finally after you know months of the, the, the torment she's been through. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I took this this decision to mean um, uh, by not. Yeah, I on. I definitely did as well because I mean the only reason she wanted to meet Toto was because she was curious about who her son was before that this was a part of his mm. life that he kept a secret from her, and he she wanted to know. And then by the time she has the opportunity, and it, it wasn't an easy thing for her to get to meet her, and it's she just says um. I'm good. Like let's let's move on. Go back to the family I have and uh, move on from this. Yeah, we, we see we see you know, them go in there to make their speech. Um, we see that the plaque get taken down, the one that uh, Hussein wanted gone, and uh, Simon does leave. He's going to the airport. Um, like you know, it, it does all the sort of. Well, he has a moment with um, with the the therapist first. You're right. You're right. Yeah, uh, he goes and gets uh, some meds because he had his outburst. And she kind of confronts him about how you, you said that this was in Avisha's best interest, that you didn't think he was a killer, and I helped you, you know, under that under that guise, and here he has been sentenced, here he has uh, been convicted of murder. And I have to admit, I kind of say with, with, with Simon on this again, where I'm like, well, he turned out to be a murderer, of course he's being convicted <laughs> of murder. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true, and it's it's kind of a... Yeah, it's it's also, but look how much she's lost. Like he has to go see her in this building that has no people in it. Yeah. She has no other clients. She has to take him as a client because she's got no one else. You know, yeah. if she, it, I think that if she wasn't in the situation she was in, she wouldn't have wanted to see him again. And again, try I try to be a therapist to him. It's too personal. I, I think it's again an example of destruction that's caused by this one act. It, it, it's ruined yeah. Simon's life. It's ruined uh, her life. It, you know, it's ruined the family. Yeah, we just see two people who should not have, like, their lives taken away from them, and it, they, they just have nothing. They're both just empty. It's the two ripple people of, in an empty room. Yeah, it's the ripple effects of everything that's happened. You know, he's obviously, the, the main victim is Muhammad, but there's this spiral effect. Uh, obviously, yeah. the first thing you go to is the family members and how they feel about it, obviously, but then it goes out to this, and we have these two professional people who have had their lives kind of, like, ruined as and they were. We see in the... Uh, in the during the credit scenes where that both Simon and her were like an amalgam of different people yeah, yeah. Uh, presumably they all were affected in similar ways yeah yeah because they say that he represented all the investigators uh, and then she represented yeah. all the different therapists that were used kind of in, in the in the case um mm -hmm. so and we also find out that the the adults that have their their, their true names maybe, maybe not the detectives obviously because they're secretive but um the, it was the kids because they're minors uh avishay for example was an alias mm -hmm. uh, so they're very honest about it they make it very clear like what was what was changed and um that kind of thing uh they, they've tried to appeal and it's been turned down every time and that kind of thing so yeah and i am i'm, I'm okay i mean we sort of had this discussion during chernobyl but a lot of people you know, if a if a show gets one thing wrong or changes something around, they mm. take it very personally and think it shouldn't be watched for that reason. But I gotta say, like, I think it's okay to have something that's based on a true story to get certain 
messages across and to to use it as a almost like an allegory and but be close enough to the truth to there'd be uh there'd be too many characters there'd be like you'd never get to know any of them because it would just be yeah it would be a documentary or just yeah. watching the news you know like i don't there's a place for that as well and certainly i'm not going to say that i know everything about this event because i watched the uh the miniseries on hbo like of course not if i wanted to learn more i know where to start like you know i know what to look for now and i think this has a re- been a really great show about how how dangerous it is to be a part of a mob and um yeah there's and of course of course racism like <laughs> yeah i mean the big uh, one of the show yeah at the center yeah. of it all yeah yeah and uh that's unfortunately something that is you know can be universal and yeah as well as the, it's like i was said earlier when he was talking to the prosecutor yeah who's saying that is is that even when people are trying to do the right thing there's so much institu- institutionalized racism that yeah it's hard to overcome it and there's just these rules in place that don't um yeah i'm going to say we don't have that here in america like of course we do yeah <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, actually, I read a really interesting uh, Twitter thread this week. Actually, this is not racist. This is more about sexism, but it, it kind of fits in with the idea of like just uh, how things are set up in a way, and then no one ever changes them. Um, it was about uh, astronauts on the space station and how there's these uh, like bars for the astronauts to like put their feet under so that they can sort of hold themselves in place while they're you know doing things or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're designed with like the average height of a man like in mind that's what that's how it was designed in the first place so all the men are using them but the but the female astronauts are kind of just having to like like find float. alternatives and float and try and do other things and it was just this it's just one of these little things where no one meant it is a bad thing in the first place it wasn't like a big deal because at the time it was probably all men but um it's just one of these little things where no one's ever thought to change it so as a result all the female astronauts have to try just a little bit harder in certain situations <laughs> Well, I'm sure they'll change it, you know, for any future things. But yeah, it's yeah. I I mean, I get it though. Like, if you want to look for sexism, you can find it anywhere. But oh, sure. (laughs) Doesn't mean that it was originally designed for that reason. Oh, sure. Yeah, but it's sexism by by you know by by not thinking, but you know by by not not considering. I guess is what I'm saying. That's probably a better yeah. way for that. Um, or just short men. Sorry, you can't be astronauts. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh well, poor Di DeVito. <laughs> they always dreamed of being an astronaut, and they can't quite do it. Uh, <laughs> or Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I think Di DeVito floating about in a spacesuit would be delightful. Like, I'd watch that. <laughs> just <laughs> Frank in space. Yeah, Frank in space. Yeah, put this old gang. Yeah, just the season where the, the gang goes to space. The They're on the space goes station. To space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it. so, 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 generally, the usual opening of it's always sunny. Is like that music playing as they're going past uh-huh. you know, all the all locations in Philadelphia, the fountains and whatnot. Right. Instead of that, like just have it going past like like the moon over and over again. <laughs> you can end it with the with it passing over philadelphia but like a view from space <laughs> do you know if they ever want to stop like doing like proper a proper show they could totally just turn that's always sunny into mystery science theater like you could totally just watch those four characters watch movies and, <laughs> and tear them apart definitely and character those guys are gold <laughs> yeah oh dear anyway uh no our boys was fantastic uh i, I think the really, show really good I think the show peaked with episodes two and episode seven. 
I think mm-hmm. uh, episode two, the the aftermath of the abduction, and then the reenactment episode seven are two highlights for me. But that's not to Definitely. say that the rest of it wasn't solid and you know, full of great moments. Yeah, those are those are the heaviest ones for sure. But uh, there's a lot of little character moments throughout the the miniseries that have have been just incredible and. I really enjoyed the scenes with the therapist a lot too. Um, that one scene where she was being in, interrogated mm. with her husband next to her was really intense. Uh, I, I've been so impressed. Um, I know there was a show that uh, the the actor who played Hussein is in on uh, on Netflix that was recommended to us to watch a show or a film. I can't recall which one. And uh, I'm definitely going to check that out because I think he's incredible and mm. uh the show, this miniseries, just—I wasn't expecting something so good, and I got something incredible. Like this is not quite as artsy as, you know, Chernobyl was, but I think it's just as effective. In yeah. Storytelling. Now this is one of these ones where someone, the day before it aired, the first episode, literally said, "Are you doing this show?" And I'm like, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up. Yeah. So well, that, like that? I said, I I watched the trailer for it because I subscribed to HBO on YouTube, and so when I see a new trailer for something i'll check it out and i remember thinking oh that's interesting it's a foreign show too uh check maybe it looks good and uh maybe i'll check it out but then i didn't get any advertisements for it and i watch a lot of hbo like there's nothing for our boys before like i watch i don't know righteous gemstones doesn't advertise it or Mm. um, it's it's the same in netflix and the foreign shows netflix never advertise the foreign shows i mean i presumably they do it in the countries they come from but like you know, you have to go hunting for them. You have to pay attention and look for them. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know it was starting either until, you know, somebody brought it up to you. And, oh, I did watch that trailer and it does look good. So maybe I'll check it out. But, like, it, it sort of just appeared on the app one day. <laughs> hey, if HBO want to keep making stuff like this, we'll keep watching them and we'll keep talking oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about quality. This was fantastic. So... Fantastic. Yeah, um, and I hope I see these actors again in something. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah, um, obviously we do have the finale of Richard Gemstones. Very different show from this, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but we're also like very soon, soon going to be doing Watchmen. Uh, so yeah. you can look forward to that too. Uh, but you can let us know what you thought of our boys, the finale, and everything. And obviously, apologies that it was a bit later. Uh, this episode, it was you know, the, it was a messy the, week. Yeah, messy week. Uh, much later on in the week than we usually get them up. But uh, hopefully you had fun uh, listening to us talk about it over the course of the season. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, you can get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can like and subscribe. You can ding the bell so you always get the notifications. Um, you can, of course, support us by rating the audio podcast on your podcast app. Apple Podcasts being the most uh, common one. Give us five stars. More people will find us that way. Uh, but, of course, you can support us financially. Tara, how can they do that? You can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV and donate as low as a dollar per month. That dollar gets you a bunch of bonus features. We do, um, sometimes we can ramble, mm-hmm. tangent, and now those tangents are available as bonuses for you guys. <laughs> so you get more. <laughs> Plus you get bonus episodes of other shows that we do. Yep. So check it out. Yep, go, go check out Patreon. Um, and I'll wait for this vehicle to pass before yeah, I see the next it's like part. a whole gang. Jeez, god damn it! Uh, Hell's they Angels. Love going on my road. Yeah, Hell's Angels going <laughs> past the past the window. Uh, but that is a uh, that is us though. So uh, thank you once again uh, for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Hopefully we'll see you for more HBO shows, if not other shows, uh, and we'll see you then. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any? Yes, Gus. Vanilla. <laughs>